All right, so what's up, everybody? Uh, I am Jared Seymour. This is the Brownwater Banter Podcast, and it's a uh, special occasion today, man. This is the first uh, episode of the podcast uh, that wasn't an actual live event that I've recorded. Uh, and today in the studio, I have Stefan Lawson with me here. Stefan is the host of Coastal Noise Podcast. He is an avid guitar player, plays uh, locally around here. Uh, where all have you played, man? I know I saw you at the Green Room uh, a while back. Uh, Greenhouse. Greenhouse. Is that what it's Porter. called? Mm-hmm. Greenhouse. Okay, on Porter. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you've had all the venues down here at some point, right? The Shed. Uh, yeah, I played with The Shed uh, with Wes Lee one time. We did a podcast there, live, first uh, live audience performance where there was actually people in the audience to kind of listen in as we talked about blues music. So Killer. yeah, uh, The Shed actually has a very special place in my heart. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, food enthusiast, Instapot cooker. Um, as of lately, yeah. Traveler of the world. About to, yep. Writer of a book or working on writing of a book? Um, yeah, just kind of holding on to it at this point and figuring out what I want to do with the next phase of that. Okay, I've actually, I hope that wasn't a spoiler alert. No, no, no. I've been yapping about it forever. Um, people would actually probably prefer me to shut up about it, but no, <laughs> I'm just hanging on to it and just doing like that fine polishing and, and reminding myself because I've listened to a lot of uh, talks from authors and writers who you know, especially in a first effort, you know, no rush. Right. A lot of people want to just rush out, but then also don't hold on to it too long. You know, I do feel like holding on to it kind of in a way prevents me to start up something else just because I feel like, um, you know, I don't want to divert from it or whatever. But the, uh, the lady, Miss Jimmy, who I went to India with on that occasion, which was what all the books about, um, she, um, she just rec- I just gave her like the thing after I passed it around to a couple people, family and friends. And like whatever. a rough draft. Um, you could say it's it's the in the third or fourth draft right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So having gone back, you know, I go through it and then let a couple weeks or months go by and just leave it be, reflect on it, and then come back to it however long weeks months later sometimes and go through it again and have a set thing in mind like um you know one time i go through it and i'm just going through to see i'm thinking i'm I'm gonna like expand upon it i'm gonna come across passages and want to add another another page or two or something like that Mm -hmm. and instead ended up becoming very um caught up in the in the in the grammar and the punctuation and everything else so that became i went through it a whole nother time just to do that myself you know and i could hand it off to a lot of other people but it's my project and it's fun and i'm learning a lot of aspects of all things of what go into writing something instead of you know just blog posts or something short term right or or whatever it may be um and actually going through the whole process and seeing what people go through when they have to do things like edit you know Mm -hmm. as a professional editor what kind of stuff they have to experience instead of just throwing it off and then it also challenges me to go back and do a little bit better on the next effort or be to more be more self-conscious of my actual skill level because i go through or whatever and you think and you think i think i did pretty well with that Mm -hmm. and then you go back and you know it's this long piece, so you see there's actually hundreds of mistakes, right? Or little things that bother you, sentence structures and things like that. Yeah, I think music's the same way. Um, writing a song or recording an album or anything like that. And I think it's cool to hear you talk about that because I think sometimes people, especially people who have never tried to do anything, whether it be write a book or or write a song or anything creative, mm-hmm. probably 
sometimes think that it's all done all at once. Like you sit down and you say, I'm going to write chapter one right now. And you just start writing and then that's it. I, I think it's more of an evolution, like you're talking about, a process to do anything, whether it's mm-hmm. write a book or, like I said, write a song. Uh, and then, like you said, going back and reflecting on it, tweaking it here, tweaking it there. Um, I've never written a book, but I've written a lot of papers for school. And that that's this, kind of the same thing. Sometimes you just got to get it out and then go back and kind of figure it out, edit where it needs to be. Um, and I know another thing too for me, when you said getting caught up on like sentence structure, I know for me, like the keyboard becomes an issue for some mm-hmm. reason. And I'm worried about typing correctly. And I'm worried about like uh, punctuation and grammar. So recently I got a cheap like Logitech headset from um, Best Buy and I haven't started doing it yet, but I was going to start like kind of dabbling into like you're talking about like blog posts and you know, Microsoft Word does voice to text now. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to try that out and just see if, if like I said, for getting the idea from in your head to on the paper, if I could eliminate that keyboard block or that punctuation focus and just start talking like we're doing now and have it jot it down and then go back and edit it. Mm-hmm. I think that might be something that, that uh, would be beneficial, like for the creative space. You know what I mean? So I've thought about that as well. I've thought it would be really productive if, if I could voice to text and I've tried a couple applications you could do, you know, just Google, right. Being able to speak to Google and, and, and I've done that with, um, um, like when I was on this occasion, when I was in India, I kept two journals, two notebooks that expanded into two. And I was just constantly writing whenever I had downtime or whatever. And, um, I tried to like go back instead of typing it all out afterwards to go and speak some of the sections and the technology, it's still like, even speaking very clearly and slowly, I found the technology still, which you can get better, like dragon, I think is one right. of them or something like that. But I also then tried to apply that to, uh, creating new ideas with something totally different, something that I'm not just reading, but I'm just speaking it. Mm-hmm. And I find that I have, and I've tried to do that too with, um, like just, uh, thinking of jokes, like, you know, I'm real, I, I'm into stand up, but we, we don't really have a market here. We, we kind of used to in different pockets or whatever. I think the juke joint does kind of some stuff every now and again. They do. Them. Yeah. Shout out to the juke joint. They do do some comedy stuff. I'm not hip to it. Um, I, a lot of my, uh, friends, uh, Chris Gillespie would be one yeah. person who knows. Yeah. But um, we, but regardless, we we don't really have like you got to go to New Orleans right. or something like that. Right. Um. But anywho, to speak that, I just find that I have a hard time, uh, speaking it out and going through it. And I'll bet if if I just kind of worked at it and changed my methods, but it, I also felt the same way with typing. I have a very hard time, um or at least I have so far of just thinking and typing things as I go, like new ideas. I find it much easier for some reason to use pen and paper. Oh yeah. Yeah. I and, can see that. You know, I, and in the, the part of me that wants to be ultra productive and flow things, go with the computer, speak it and just go with it. But uh, so far from what I've seen for me, pen and paper is just the ultimate and it's tough because then I have to work to make myself, you know, sit down and put in those extra steps, that extra time it's going to take, but it also feels the most rewarding. I think, uh, I had a friend that, I, uh, Roy Williams, a local musician around here that we've written music together for a few years, but he was really one of the first people I knew that would always pull out his iPhone mm-hmm. when we were writing music or practicing or whatever, um, and just hit the recorder app and just let it go, mm-hmm. you know, which sounds so common sense and like, no, you know, no shit. Why, you know, of course, but uh, 
it, it just works because you can go back and scrub through everything and pick out parts that are good. And when you have that uh, serendipitous moment, I guess, where you come up with something that you weren't even trying to do, which is usually the best music anyway, or books or writing, I would assume, are the same way. Um, it's right there recorded already. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a, like a, you know, I don't know why I wouldn't do that before, but he was like one of the first people that routinely did that. And I thought that was, that was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's little steps like that, that take you from the amateur level to the pro level. Right. I'd say. I, it's just, just popped in my head. It's weird. Scrolling through Facebook, they have these master classes now. And I saw a, uh, it was an, a sponsored ad with uh, the producer Timberland. Mm -hmm. um, and he talked about how all his beats that he writes, he uses his mouth to begin with. And then they show him in the booth, like making all these weird, stupid noises. And then it cuts to the, after he's laid it out on the keyboard and stuff. And I'm just like, man, that's cool to see a Grammy award winning producer show you how he gets the idea from out of his head directly onto something quick rather than mm -hmm. sitting around tinkering with gear or worrying about, you know, this or that. He's like, you got to get the, you got to get the idea out. Mm -hmm. I actually have like a folder, um, a folder of maybe a minute to do a minute and a half audio clips, sometimes shorter, yeah. maybe just 25 seconds of just me basically beatboxing, mm -hmm. but in place of guitar or drums and things like that. Yep. And I have the same thing, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> yeah, they're all just, uh, most of them don't even have names or whatever. They're just coded yep. or something like that. But, um, you know, Sometimes it's fun to go back through and I can hear it and boom, I instantly know just by the way I'm doing it, what the actual instruments sound to me. Right. And it's it, weird how music does that. Mm -hmm. You could not play a song forever, especially if it's something that you wrote. And as soon as you hear the, the music, it's like, you know, you remember the whole thing, the mm -hmm. lyrics and everything. Yeah. Might give you chills just because it connects you with that initial yep. uh, serendipitous discovery of mm -hmm. that thing. Mm -hmm. I know another topic I wanted to get into. Um, you, I mentioned it already. You host the Coastal Noise podcast. Is that correct? That's How, correct. That's correct. How long have you been doing that? It's been a while. Five uh, five years. Um, last June. Really? Yeah. Um, when Anthony Patalo and I started talking about doing podcasts, and uh, he had already kind of started his, and I was giving him the idea of what I wanted mine to be like, and I was explaining it, you know, all of, to kind of feature this the area. I'm from here, born and raised, love this place, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't like too many conversations after that. Somehow, I don't know if it was Facebook. I don't know if it was YouTube or I don't remember how, but your podcast popped up and I'm like, what? And so I, I click on it and I start listening and I never forget. I, I don't know if I, I don't think I told you this last time that when I was on your episode, but I, I, I called Anthony. I was like, man, I was like, there's already somebody out there doing this. You know what I mean? I was like, it's, it's so there's probably, you know, no reason for me to do it either. And he goes, he looked, he was, it was on the phone. He goes, he's like, dude. He's like, Danny Tanner did wake up San Francisco. He was like, it's not like the you, only one person can do it. It's like, this idea has been around for a long time. He was like, right. what are you, you idiot? You know? And I was like, that's a good point. And so then I started listening to all your stuff and going through it. And I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta reach out to this dude. And then come to find out your cousin is married to my cousin. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, that's a small world. And, uh, so what I want to know is like, what got you into it? What was the first thing that made you say, hey, this is something I want to do and I want to make it feature? Because yours is, is features pretty much what's going on around here, right? For the most part. Um, Would yeah, you say that? Well, definitely. I mean, starting out, you know, you're, you're only going to be able to go out as far as your reach is. Mm -hmm. And my reach is, you know, very confined to this area. Right. You know, especially when you're you're just doing it like you and me are as a, as a side thing. Right. Uh 
just a passion project that just kind of grows and takes new life. I mean, already, I think you've, you've got a fantastic setup and you yourself, you're bred for this, you know, you're really good at it from the first time that we met. I mean, we, me, you and Anthony, uh, sat around just, just shooting it, uh, you know, a good hour before we actually sat down. And then after that we talked more and I mean, that's the sign of it, you know, but you know, I listen to your stuff and it's, it's all really great and really structured. Um, so I imagine, a, a the reasons I got into it are the very same reasons you got into it. I mean, uh, we even did the same, you know, the long format thing. Right. So we're very into the, but I just, um, you know, of course, knowing that it was, would be a lot of fun and, um, you know, hearing guys like Rogan and Ferris and all the other folks that are, that were kind of doing those long and it was just more honest approach. I like the actual long drawn out, exploring of ideas and and not a lot of commercialism to it but and the fact that anybody could do it so i kind of wondered like how far could i do it if i just kept doing it you know if i treated it like guitar or or writing or whatever and uh you know i was just fascinated by the idea that the internet could give an outlet to anybody it's crazy ain't it i mean i think a lot of people take that for granted or don't you know don't realize it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i mean you would you would you would kill for this 10 years ago i Mm -hmm. I feel like and uh i don't know i just don't see people taking advantage of it yeah not not locally or or you know i mean obviously like the internet is a thing and there's tons of people making money off of it i just mean kind of like in my day to day Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah it's and you know things trickle down to us here you know you last usually you know we're we're pretty uh, with all that so you know it's it is what it is and I kind of thought I was looking around and thinking, well, is anybody else doing this? And I, I wanted to do it from the time that I was in college to several years after that, uh, that I was just thinking about it and learning from it mm-hmm. because l- me listening to long format podcasts and, and hearing these guys and gals talk about things that they were really knowledge about or sharing their passions and the fact that I could just tap into that and it was free. They just gave it to you free yep. and it was accessible everywhere um, I was learning a lot, um, that brought me into manhood in a lot of ways. Like I learned a lot of stuff that just felt like it was missing from my environment somewhere that I started suddenly getting from these long, uh, conversations really? that shed light on things. So that, that was a huge thing for me. Um, one of the three, and I, I'm, I'm kind of like tangenting all Go over ahead. the place. That's, what, way, that's but, what's cool about this. But I'm keeping it, you know, a full circle somewhere. But there were three things, there have been three things in my life that have truly given me more anxiety and fear and depression and just dark shit than anything else. And one was uh, insomnia, struggling with sleep, which, which was a thing for like eight years, and uh, which I just recently, kind of in the last couple years, started getting a grips of on that. So that was one thing. Um, another one was being better with women, uh, being just more fluid being able to talk to chicks and uh, being felt as desirable or whatever. That's, and that's normal. Normal, totally right. normal for a young guy Yeah, or, or anybody, right? So right. then the third one kind of tied in to the, to the woman thing, which was being able to talk to anybody because I didn't feel like I was good at that. And I used to remember walking around thinking to myself, if I could only just talk to people easier, like right. better, you know? 
I, I feel like I could get a lot more places. I'd be a lot happier. But I, it would be weird, like talking about small things, you know, just being able to carry on a conversation and and really be present in it and all that stuff. I learned all of that through, you know, in part, thanks to long format podcasts. Listening and first, listening, listening to them first and kind of taught you that? Yeah, it was the whole thing of, of speech and all that stuff. But all three of those things that I mentioned, I have none of those things virtually affect me anymore. I'm not worried about any of those things, those things that gave me the most fear and anxiety and depression. It's not even on my mind anymore because all of that has changed. I've evolved from that. And there's still hits or miss, you know, still still strike out with a pretty chick. Uh, still have, <laughs> Dude, that happens to everybody. Don't worry still about have it. nights where I uh, miss out on sleep and I fall off and fall out or whatever, but I know how to rebound now. And right. that's, that's all the difference. And and I don't have any fear of the of the failure or uh, I'm not missing out on sleep because I've, you. what more are you going to do to me? I had eight years where I was going on almost nothing it felt like sometimes. So to miss here or there... I'm still going to go in to the do the job better than anybody else. That's the mentality that I try to have, you know. And um, so to to see if there's a, a loop there is is podcasting to me just seemed like a really interesting idea. And by going into that, that helped solve two of those problems right. that I was talking about. After years of doing it and and um, working on it bombing on it i mean i feel like i could could talk to anybody i don't always want to talk to folks and i still wouldn't be considered by any means an extrovert or a um i mean you could call me a social type Mm -hmm. but it's like a selective social thing you know um and i think it's because having uh some introverted traits that i'm able to sit back and process and think about all these things and then apply them to external to people to talk and 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 be in front of I I marry my friends now and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. and and they and people refer me and I and I go and do another one, you know, where I'm in front of all these people or to do a show or whatever it is, you know. Um, people's fear of of public speaking, I mean, I've been told, is is like the second or third, you know, greatest fear that people have. Yeah, as a whole, I can see that. With number one being death, people are. People sometimes when they're in that moment would rather die than continue speaking in front of an auditorium yeah. of people. It's that's crazy. Yeah, it that's is. That's crazy. It is, and it's I've, it's how you could get jobs and it's how yeah. you get uh if you want a position of power or or uh, uh to get to get women uh, or men you got to be able to speak, you got to be able to communicate and uh especially for guys like us who might be, you know, interested in entrepreneurial paths, we mm-hmm. it's you have to you know, almost always you have to be able to communicate effectively. What I, what I like, I think I what I like the most about what you just said was that you identified something that was bothering you, a couple things, you named three, mm-hmm. and then you went at it head on because I don't think a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they try to avoid things that they're afraid of and allow them to dictate their lives or ruin their lives or really affect their lives. And I've, tried myself to be kind of that way especially more now is like if something i like to do things that i that i like but i'm not gonna let the fact that yeah, that coffee's strong and strong it? yeah that's a uh, jacked, up, jacked coffee. up coffee yeah we've had him on the, we mentioned him on the show a few times it's good stuff people. thank you folks three sips and i'm wired yeah um but i i don't i don't want to let 
like for instance like starting up this stuff it's like i didn't know a lot about a lot of this stuff i didn't know a lot about these programs and stuff and i'm like i'll be damned if i'm gonna let that stop me you mm -hmm. know what i mean i mean i, I want to learn like that's more fun to me than sitting around watching some what, sitcom or something like that you know mm -hmm. um and i think a lot of people could benefit from that if they just realize like hey man j you know if you're scared of the water just jump in and see see what happens it may not be as bad as you think and you may be actually good at it whatever that is you know mm -hmm. That's my takeaway from it. Yeah. Um, so what was what was I going to bring up next? Um, the podcast. Uh, I know what I wanted to talk to you about. I listened to your last episode. I told you I got about seventy percent uh, through it before I had to go to bed. Um, but you mentioned uh, streaming services, and yes. that you just recently got on Spotify mm -hmm. for the premium, right? Yes. And I was like, man, as much as I know, he likes music, plays music, guitar, and all that stuff. Uh, and I have a cousin who just recently got onto, I think he did Pandora premium within the last year or so. Mm -hmm. uh, and I myself have only been on Spotify premium, you know, as a customer, um, I don't know, two years maybe or whatever. But to me, it's like, and you mentioned this, it's, it has exposed me to so much more music than I ever would have got to listen to had it not been for these digital platforms. Uh, and you mentioned like the royalty share for the artist, I think is is one of the reasons why maybe you'd waited a while before you got on it yourself. Is that correct? Yeah, and it still hasn't improved all that much. I would say. Yeah, it hasn't. Um, Exposure rates have gone up considerably, though. So it, okay, so you brought that, and that's where I was going to kind of go with that. So, so I guess one two things is number one, how, you've been liking it. It's killer. Yeah, I mean, especially in this area, man. Uh, I, the radio's been dead to me for the last ten years, <sighs> if not more. It's you bad. Know? I mean, you can only give me so much classic rock. I mean, granted, 25 songs over granted, and over. You know, classic rock is what I cut my te teeth with. You know, that's classic rock. Mm -hmm. The classic rock gods taught me how to play guitar. Right. So, you know, uh, and that's great and all. And I love that it's got a presence here, but I'm not interested in a lot of the alternatives. So for me, and, and the fact that, Radio is a very linear thing versus mm. the internet, which is everything. Correct. The so, radio is not going to offer you up a new song or a new, you know what I mean? Like I, not the ones that I'm listening to anyway. Whereas like Spotify, if I like a band, I can just go to that artist radio, you know, air quotes, radio station. Yes. And I'm just getting band after band after band that I would have never heard of. Mm -hmm. I know I wouldn't have. There's just no way. It's too much music out there. Yeah. You know? And then maybe you'll go see their show or, or, support one of their albums one day um l watch their youtube channels that's right you know which generates revenue for them so it's a whole new industry uh, or not an industry but a whole new stream in the industry that's been coming about for a long time um and i don't know um you know it should be all about the artists in a sense i mean they're they're what drive the whole music industry mm -hmm. um but I don't know. I st we're still in a lot of ways crawling around trying to figure out how to make all this it work for everybody and, and so that it doesn't fall to the old paradigm of, you know, um, record companies getting tons and I don't know, getting very little. I don't know what the what the math or the, the money, I guess, is for. In other words, I know that the artists aren't getting a lot of money out of the Spotify streams, I guess, the percentage that they take. I don't mm -hmm. know what how much Spotify makes off of it. Is it a ton of money? Is it just like you know, back in the eighties where the record labels were making just hand over fist. Is that the same thing Spotify is doing now? Um, but, but what I do know is that technology has greatly reduced the cost to make an album The overhead, yeah. it, it drastically. 
it's expanded it to where you can record a record in your bedroom and it's going to sound really good if you if you know what you're doing as far as how to manipulate the uh the software right mm -hmm. i mean the, the the tech there's a guy i follow on uh youtube who takes you through like his budget's three hundred dollars and he'll record a song and put it out there and it's on spotify and you can listen to it he used three hundred dollars worth of gear and it sounds great yeah you know so i, I think it's reduced cost but then also, I think, you know, everybody's looking at music nowadays based off of the, what's the word I'm looking for here, like the business model of the 80s and 90s. And I think that's changed. And I think that, you know, artists need to be more creative in how they their revenue streams as a band, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and you mentioned it, though. What they lose in revenue, they gain in exposure. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Like I said, the exposure is definitely up. And... Um and that may be where that model draws its, um, sets up its roots. Right. And just. They, they can, uh, there's bands right now that are just strictly doing stuff on, on like Facebook, mm -hmm. Play, like filming themselves practicing, you know what I mean? Or uh, cutting a kind of a video or whatever. That thing gains a little attraction. And like you said, then you got a whole nother set of, uh, of fans that how would you have gotten them, you know, another way? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's a good thing. That's my take on it. Yeah, and it may very well be. Um, like I said, I'm definitely on board at the moment. Yeah. So if nothing else for 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 the music, um, the music exposure to mm -hmm. new things, going on a long road trip. So I need lots of. If anybody has suggestions of of good music, I'd love for your uh, listeners to recommend podcasts or audiobooks, anything. Yeah, up into whatever. So I, I've been doing a lot of podcasts on my drives lately, but uh, but Spotify is still still up there, and Spotify has podcasts too. So yeah. Um, another thing you're into that I that I used to see a lot, and I don't know if you're still doing it as much, is uh, the cooking, the Instagram oh, yeah. cooking I mean, photos. I cook all the time. So yeah. How'd you get into that? that? What, what was uh? Is this another thing? It's like another thing to be into. Just another thing that was kind of lacking in this area to the point where if I wanted healthy foods, I had to prepare it myself, and I did. Plus, you know, uh, just it's you know saves money. It uh, um, connects you more to the food you eat. You mm -hmm. know how it's being prepared, um, and you get to in a lot of ways control your diet regimen, if you have a spe specific diet regimen and it's harder to get the foods that you want to eat, yeah, then you just go buy them yourself and make them how you want it. So I just kind of grew from there learning. And I don't know, I love, I love food. Who doesn't? So, you know, you start looking up different recipes of things and uh, just start going for it. You the, know? the Instapot, that's, is that your uh, weapon of choice? It is, yeah. I've been using that thing a lot. The the wife's been wanting to get one, and I think we're gonna pull the trigger on one here, re you know, sooner than later. Yeah, somebody recently gave me one, um, and so now I have two, and that's to me is just incredible. <laughs> now you get beside myself, yeah, like a double barrel shotgun when it comes to uh, making stuff. You said your Instagram wall is full of like really good recipes and stuff too, huh? If anybody wants to go check those out, is it still there? Not recipes per se. I usually don't uh, go in detail. Um, if one day, if that, if that was a thing that people wanted me actually to provide recipes, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, sit down and write a thing about that, then that might be something I would be willing to do. But I figured it was just a stream of something 
that I could do on like a daily basis because I was cooking on a daily basis. Right. And uh, I thought the things I made looked and tasted pretty good. They looked good. So it provided content, you know, something and people love food. So, you know, they see it and get captured their attention. I just always, it always felt weird to me in a way because out of all the other things that I do, like food and, and all that, but it, it's totally in line with, you know, uh, the most important things with my life with just diet and fitness. And I mean, that's, you know, number one or two up there. Are you still doing the yoga thing? Yeah. Yeah. I've been instructing different gyms uh, around here locally for the military, civilian gyms. Um, So yeah, that's been a thing I've been doing. I'm not doing any of it now because I'm about to relocate, but that's a great segue. Yeah. (laughs) Where are you headed? San Diego. Oh man. That's like, I've never been there, but that's one of the places that's like bucket list for me. I hear it's like great weather all the time. It's right by the water. There's, you know, it's not landlocked, obviously, mm-hmm. which is a de- definite for me to want to go. I don't, I've been to too many landlocked places that I thought were great, but uh, are you excited, nervous, fear, anxious? Excited. The only thing that um, is is kind of plaguing my thoughts right now are, is, is rent, uh, property um, property in San Diego is, you know, like top 10 in the U.S. So yeah. it drives the cost of living way up. So, um, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty heavy right now. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do because I started – I don't know anybody out there. Yeah. Um, so I don't know where I'm going to live. Don't know – It's like another ballsy move, right? Now you're just picking up shop and going straight out to San Diego? Yeah, yeah. Whatever I can fit in a car. Oh, man, by the seat of your pants, huh? Yeah. That's killer. Yeah, fun. But so, yeah, that's the only thing that's kind of on my mind. And I've tried to – a lot of people said you should go on Craigslist and just see if you can find some roommates and I, stuff. And people said, do yeah. that, but I'd be nervous. You wouldn't be nervous? Uh, no, I've had good experiences with Craigslist, but I went on and, you know, went to a lot of places. I, first I skimmed through and I saw a lot of places. I was like, oh, well, yeah, you can get them a lot cheaper. So then after a while I started reaching out to some of these places and almost all of them turned out to be scams. Like within the first or second interaction with them, it's just, I can just tell. On Craigslist, you mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about that, man. And then, then I saw something on Reddit said, try Facebook's roommate, Facebook, San Diego groups and stuff. So I joined one or two of those and one of them immediately was like all scams. All the pictures are pixelated. There's nobody commenting. Right. They just, it's, it's a scam. What do they have? This is going to sound super stupid, but like, do they just have apartment complexes or you can just call and like rent an apartment? Does it not work like that? I mean, are they so super expensive? Yeah. You're just going to, you're going to pay the market price for that, you know, in, in that realm. Whereas you can find other folks and i'm not not opposed to that at all i mean i've traveled enough and and met up with just random people and made connections and i've had no problems but of course i'm you know everybody's got their different level of mindfulness when they do things like that so yeah. I, I just uh practice extreme caution and, and be mindful <laughs> sleep and, with a knife <laughs> or a gun or a gun. whatever yeah, yeah yeah packing this nine um i think that's cool man i, I that's that's it kind of fits to me from outside looking in and your wheelhouse of just like you're into things you're into doing things and i that's i like that Mm -hmm. Uh, i admire when people do that and you're into that stuff too which kind of brings you to the podcasting world and you're you're varied and diverse in the guests that you seek out and i think that just being uh people that are interested in things and being raised with the internet that suddenly gave us all this access we naturally want to experience that for ourselves firsthand and um you know my my love is is in the entertainment industry. I mean, guitar yep. and and podcasting stuff, audio, movies. 
all that stuff. So this was a uh, podcast and was another thing to just kind of go into that area. Similar story. For but me. Uh, from an education standpoint, I mean, nothing else in, in that, in that field is more of a consciousness based platform than podcasting and long form discussions like, like you and I have. So I, really cool. I didn't realize it, that I was like, uh, what they say, like, um, hindsight's twenty twenty, and kind of looking back on it, I was a huge Charlie Rose fan before I think podcasting was, I mean, I'm sure it was out there, but before people were really, really doing it, he, I used to watch his show religiously and he would sit there for an hour with the table and the black background, nothing fancy, nothing going on. And I loved watching that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it was kind of a natural progression to get into podcasts once they started becoming more of a, you know, cause I guess they've been around since what, two early two thousands, but I don't think it was until like seven or eight or nine, um, that they became somewhat bigger and some of the bit more prominent, like you mentioned, Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. I think I got into his stuff around 11 or 12, um, knowing him as the fear factor guy and being like seeing his stuff start to pop up on YouTube. And I'm like, what is this guy? I thought he was a joke kind of. Mm-hmm. And then didn't get to know him through the podcast. I'm like, this, I'm like all time favorite, one of my all time favorite, like not even comedians, just people, you know what I mean? He's into so many things, man. It's just awesome. I love it. Yeah. I'm pretty balanced. I'd say too. um, tries to be at least. Mm -hmm. And now he sits down with, you know, presidential candidates and Neil deGrasse Tyson, Dr. Phil. I saw the other day. I'm saving that for the trip, the road trip. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Um, Oh, great. That just popped out of my head. Jesus. Tesla. Elon Musk. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Exactly. Yeah. Got him to smoke a little reefer on the Kanye West coming on soon. That's going to be a big one. Yeah. For, that's going to be a big one. But yeah, I just love that, man. I think it's so awesome. And like you said, I've always been into entertainment and arts and stuff like that. It's uh, as, as a hobby. It's kind of hard to make a lot of money out of it, mm-hmm. at least in my experience. You know, I'm not Beyonce. So yeah. But I mean, just me, you know, a guy doing this out of Mississippi in his room. Right. You know, which is where it started basically with me and a couple friends doing it from a bedroom somewhere at mm-hmm. somebody's house. And now, you know, I've had the chance to, you know, talk with uh, Bill Ingvall and Jeff Pilson yeah. from Foreigner and Dio and politicians and, and uh, you know, people connected on a deeper level. or And that's just, you know, uh, almost no... No real money invested in the project. I mean, of course, a couple hundred dollars for equipment. And right. Probably some stuff else. you already had being a musician too, right, Mike? Some and of it, Cables yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, which is nice to have that interchangeable, right? Right, exactly, so, exactly. But to be able to just be a no, you know, nobody and to convince these people, I almost feel like I'm tricking them, you know, to be able to just speak with them uh, for a half hour to an hour or You mean like when you is. invite them in? Is that what you mean? Like they're like, what, what, it's a what? Like that kind of thing? Well, um, just the fact that I, you know, I'm just some guy, just some dude who was like, oh, that sounds fun. And then is talking to people of the, of that caliber. You, you got know? Dave Elliott. I thought was awesome on the show. Sure. Yeah. 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 Just reached out and was like, hey, I do this thing and would you be a part of it? Yeah. I just thought like he was kind of somebody who does a form of what you, you or I do. Right. And he's been doing a long time locally. Well, he seems like the most, you know, one of the most sensible people to have on close proximity and also, yeah. Just I thought that was cool him. that he did it, you know, cause I, the, yeah. the, the reaction I get sometimes out of people when you're explaining it to them, they they don't know what a podcast is. And then they, you can just see this very puzzled look on their face. And then other people are like, well, why do you do that? They don't really understand. I'm like, I don't know. I just like it. I don't have to tell you. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know why do people throw a ball into a hoop? It's fun. Mm-hmm. you know yeah <laughs> it's, yeah it's weird i don't know yeah and um 
you know, you'll be able to look back one day with all the conversations that you have with folks. It's a catalog. It's a catalog. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And it, to me, it's as important as recording every practice you do or, or if you're just working on a song, you know, even if you're just by yourself putting it down and playing the guitar or whatever, beatboxing into it, what have you. This, you get a whole, you know, conversation with somebody that you might not have might not have ever spoken to much less right. got him to sit down and record something for an hour and a half that's right I, that reminds me um uh, i don't know a year and a half ago it was before i started doing this myself um my uh i think it was a cousin of mine sent me this file from like 1973 usm was doing a i think they called it like an oral hist history oral document they had a name for it i don't remember what it was but anyway they interviewed my grandfather's dad so it'd be my great-grandfather um, he was like 80 something years old at the time. I never met him. He died before I, before I was born. Um, and to hear him talk, it was like 30 minutes, you know, and he described this whole entire area and what families lived where and where they came from. And he spoke like broken English cause he was a Frenchman. Um, I just thought that was super cool mm -hmm. to be able to go back in time and hear that, you know, and what technology wasn't the way it is now. So that was more rare back then, obviously. Um, and I thought that was killer to have, you know, and so now, you know, you're going to be able to see people grow up on the internet nowadays with the way technology is. And I think that's going to be something that's going to be kind of, I guess, good and bad. You know, I don't know what you think about that. Like, uh, I just wonder what these kids who have it now, how their life's going to be, because it's going to all be documented. Yeah, that is interesting to think about. All the pictures, mm -hmm. social media, all those things. I don't know. I've always, um, I usually have been an optimist. I mean, I, I like the internet and I like technology and I like what it's done, but that's because it's been through my point of view. It's been through my experience. Um, I think there's balance and moderation and everything and you have to apply a certain amount of awareness to what you're doing and you can't be uh, super socially influenced, which is... That's a huge how problem. How do you, you know, it's almost impossible to tell, to, especially to a young person. Mm -hmm. But um, we're seeing that a lot of adults don't have that restraint as well. Not at all. So, um, you know, all you can do is is uh, do your best and, and, you know, we'll see what comes out of it all. But um, I just think at the end of the day, also, you kind of have to be laissez-faire, mm -hmm. hands off with some things. Some things you're just not going to be able to change. Certainly voice your opinion and take action where you believe it's truly necessary. Um, but, uh, I also kind of have a hands-off approach to a lot of things and, um, cause at the end of the day, it's a lot of just stress and extra, <laughs> extra uh, stuff to worry about. Yeah. And with all those distractions, with all the, the, um, you know, just constant bombardment, the fact that I can pick up this phone and do whatever I can turn on my TV and it's a smart TV. Now I can pick up a video game, whatever. I, there's just so much to do. And experience and see that I um, wonder just how, like, what is that doing to our, the way we learn and process information? Because I feel like, um, you know, if I sit down and watch TV or even worse, get wrapped up into a video game or something like that, mm -hmm. especially uh, the last couple of years, I just can't seem to pick up a video game, even if I really want to and just and just play it because I used to play it as a kid and now there's this new game and they're saying it, it's breaks and it breaks the barriers. It sets the bar. I can't do it. I get like, I'll get like, I'll get like a halfway and three quarters of a way into something, a campaign or whatever, and just abandon it and just have no desire to pick it up again because I just feel like, uh, as engaging or as entertaining it might be that 
maybe there's a certain part of my brain that's just not being activated. Sure, there are certain parts that are, and, and you know, you're working your brain in a certain way, but how much is going on hold or, or whatever? Um, I don't know, you know. I had that similar thing like a few years back I, and this has been like i don't know eight to ten i was like i want to play i'm gonna play a video game and i got in and i'm like i can't i couldn't stay into it i don't know what it was and i've never really played since i mean here or there are some things but i'm like i said i'm more into this kind of stuff and watching all i like to watch now is youtube videos on like how to do things whatever mm-hmm. it may be i don't know whether it's mixing audio or video or then some random thing that I, like woodworking or something you know there's a guy who built stuff on youtube and i was following him for a while but Again, that kind of goes back to the internet. There's just so much shit out there that you can do. Mm-hmm. To me, to just sit back and watch a scripted program, it's just there hasn't been many of them that can keep me uh, captivated. I guess is uh, what I'm trying to say. But Game of Thrones can so, and that's coming out in a couple months. So even things like Game of Thrones, like <sighs> I have full access to Game of Thrones. I could start it at any time, and I've watched like three episodes over the last three years. Like I just, and I really want to because I've heard. Like I've seen Breaking Bad in its entirety. And that was Lost. a good one. Those are like the only two shows. But, I didn't do Lost. But Breaking Bad to me was like, okay, well, this is like the standard. And then everybody came along and say, Game yep. of Thrones, if it ain't the standard, it's right next to it. So I, I've been wanting to watch it and watch it. And, um, you know, I asked somebody the other day, like how much, because the new season's about to come out yeah. or whatever yeah, in April. You, yeah. So I said, how, how many hours uh, would it be before I catch up to where it starts now? And she said it's gonna be like it would be like fifty hours, and I just sunk, and that just makes me cringe. It, it probably would think. be, I guess, because there's I don't know what season this is though. I'm, I can't even tell you. What I would recommend start obviously start at season one though. You have to. You can't. It's not one of those shows it's like Breaking Bad. You can't just come in the middle of it and then it's none of it's gonna make any sense. Yeah, but the whole besides all that is just the fact that like any series is is mostly going to be you're going to be in the 50 to 70 to 80 hour ranges and when i think a bit of it of it like that it just you're thinking all the other stuff you could do huh yeah, it's yeah. Like, that's a lot of time yeah I'd, I'd still check it out though that's a good one yeah I would. um there's another one that was as good as that i don't remember now the wire it's an old one yeah i watched a couple episodes of that it's good I, it just hit me. I was just like, I can't, I don't see myself investing all the time. I'm going to yeah. have to watch Game of Thrones one day. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's going to be a lot of time too. Something else is going to come along, you know, some point. But I don't know. I just try to, I think of it as like work, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's other work that could be done and I'm young and enthusiastic and I want to, I want to make moves, you know, right. I put myself in a position early on to, you know, how would you like to get an actual radio gig for doing this stuff? You know, it's a real, possi- yeah, it's a real possibility, that. just you going out on your own. And that's the way I kind of looked at it in a lot of ways. So it was like, okay, there's no market for it here uh, or the market's already uh, taken, you know, cause right. it's so small, but you know, eventually this is a resume, a five-year resume, a hundred hours audio or whatever. And yeah. Who did it? Well, me and occasionally help from this person, this person, but mostly, you know, and um, so if you were, you know, really wanting to get into that space, I mean, hey, this is a perfect kind of side cur- extracurricular curricular activity to have that builds a, a resume. So, well, And when you don't have to, uh, I don't have to rely on, obviously this is making no money. It's actually just cost me money and gear, but right. I'm not relying on this for income. Um, it, it's just fun. You know what I mean? And it allows you to just be creative and enjoy it. Um, 
but like going back like with being in a band right so i was in a band for years and um that ne like if, if you got like outside looking in right it's like you didn't get signed to a record label and make it your life career or whatever but dude i wouldn't trade that i've said this multiple times i wouldn't trade that for the world because all the things that i got out of it friendships experiences memories like that to me is worth its weight in gold and so like moving forward in life, I think about it the same way, like doing this kind of stuff. You're going to meet people that I think you mentioned that earlier. You're going to meet people, make connections, you know, get friends out of things. When you try new things, um, it's just worth it to try stuff. At least that's been my experience. Like I, you have my, like little micro, you know, failures where things don't go right. But <clears throat> overall, man, I would very much like to try to tell people, like, just try something new. You know, I just see people get stuck in boxes all the time and I don't, I don't want to be that mm -hmm. for me personally. Yeah. That's my take on it. I agree. <laughs> I agree. What, uh, what else, what, what have we not covered, man, that, that, that you could think of? Uh, um, well, I would like to turn the tables on you ahead. and ask you a little bit. So uh, what has been your podcast experience so far? I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, but I'd like to know yeah. um, how it's been going for you and what that, ex that process has been like. Um, I'm like, just like I was saying, like, I love it. It's been, it's been fun. It's work, you know, it's definitely work. It takes time, mm -hmm. time away from your family. Um, a lot of like logistical stuff to get down to here where we're at Castnet studios, uh, 871 Howard Avenue. If you're, if you're listening, uh, but I, again, I wouldn't trade it for the world, man. I just, I really like it. Um, it's been good. It's been real good. And I, I want to continue to do it. Yeah. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. I yeah. hear you. Mm -hmm. um, the sound has been cool getting back. That's kind of been like my way of cheating to get back into music without full blown, just jumping into a band. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I felt like there was a need there for that. There wasn't really anywhere. Obviously everybody has the internet and you could put your music out that way, but we wanted to try to create like a, like a hub, a mm -hmm. central kind of deal um, to showcase the talent that's around here. You know, I think there's a lot of good music and more than I even realized. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been really fun to do. Um, and the feedback has been good, especially on that one. You know, there's been a lot of uh, traction mm -hmm. when it comes to views and downloads and engagements and stuff like that. We've had a lot of, a lot of people chiming in. So that's been real cool. Yeah. So stepping away from podcast talk for a second, what about like uh, just in your general data life, what's been, what's been new? What's been interesting? Something unusual or. Oh man, let's think about that. Something new. Uh, damn new and interesting. What's been catching your attention? Something you've read into. Uh, I could tell you this. Have you, have you heard of a guy named uh, Gary Vaynerchuk? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much been like a huge influence in my life. I'd say over the past year. I just subscribed to his YouTube channel this week, actually. Yeah, um, it's embarrassing how much of his content I've consumed. Um, <clears throat> and he's quick on his feet. Very he's quick on speaker. his feet. Very good speaker. Um, but he has a insight into the digital world that I that I don't think like I've never really had a problem talking to people. Mm -hmm. um, I'm probably more reserved on here than I even am just like out in public. You know what I mean? I, I like to talk and cut up and you know be a smart ass but that guy w the way he knows how to like you know infiltrate the digital world has just been amazing for someone like me to sit back and listen to and watch and then try to mimic and pretty much rip off all of his ideas like he tells everybody that listens to his content to do he's like just go out and implement it you know and uh so that's been probably something that, like you say caught my attention the most it'd be his content yeah 
And I don't even know exactly what he does. I just know him from speaking. I know he's an entrepreneur. Yeah, and he probably runs businesses. An, an investor of sorts and things like Twitter, that. Twitter, Facebook, uh, Uber, no, passed on Uber. Twitter and Facebook and uh, Tumblr, I think. Made a lot of money off of that. Ran his dad's uh, liquor business, liquor store. That's right. Ramped it yeah. up from like $3 million to sixty or something. But yeah. he's just been, you know, a, I don't know, a heavy hitter entrepreneur wise, yeah. you know, I don't know if this is a snoozer topic, but do you, do you, uh, dabble in stocks or anything like that? Uh, no, I mean, I've looked at a couple of things before, but I've never, the only thing I ever invested in was Bitcoin. And that was like, uh, a year and a half ago when it was on that big, crazy rise. Yeah. And, uh, I put a little money in that, but I learned a lot about that too. Uh, you know, not buying into the hype. Luckily I didn't like max credit cards out. Like certain people did yeah. that you hear about, you know, I don't know any personally, but I've heard stories about it. Um, but no, I just haven't got into that yet. You, have you done that? Yeah. Uh, recently that's been kind of a recent development, just going through Robin hood, um, and using that. It's been, I heard about that, but I don't know what that is. Is Yeah. It's just an app. It's really fluid and, uh, accessible to a lot of people. And, um, I've got a friend, close friend who's been doing it and he was using it and he just started talking about stocks you know and it's always been something that i've wanted to kind of start dipping my toes into um now uh because i plan to do like long-term you know investments and things Mm -hmm. like that is what i'm thinking um so yeah i've just been going through articles and a lot of it's medical marijuana related stocks that was one thing i wanted to because that's that's the biggest factor in why i've been wanting to i mean i'm hip to a lot of other things like i'll read and you kind of if you're intuitive and you you're invested in your your products and companies. Mm-hmm. You know, if you actually like something, like for me, I like to go and learn about that company. Right, that's a know? smart way to invest too. And and then you know, go forward. And I think to myself, well, this would, I'd love to be to work at a company like this, or to to be a creative in the creative department there, or something advertisement. Right. I just like what they do, and you know, stocks are, uh, I guess, uh, in a way, a vote of your money to put towards something like that. So, but for me, the fact that where marijuana stands from a medical point, from a recreational point, Canada legalizing in October, this new farm bill that was just passed that allows for hemp to be grown in US to, uh, uh, the US now, all of that stuff um, just I've known for years has been coming. And uh, so I've, I've always, I was like, you know, thinking I, you better get in on the ground floor because that's what it's all about, right? right. Buying low and then riding up high. That's so, right. So I've, I've uh, invested in a couple of like Canadian based um, stocks and things like that. Is there, is you, what do you think the difference is between medical and recreational when it comes to investing? You think that it'll be more early adopters of the medical? I'm assuming you, you just said Canada though. Are you, are you investing only in Canada or US or what's the differentiation? Well, there? there's mostly, um, <laughs> At least from the from the boundaries of Robin Hood, because there's not a lot of it's not all there. Excuse me, it's it, you can't get everything, mm-hmm. and there's also not a lot of companies, cannabis companies that are at that level where they're they're tradable on the stock. So, but a lot of them that are Canadian based, because it's more it's there's more legality, there. right? Because it's legal now. It's legal now. So there's and they've they're they're medical industry has been around for quite a while. I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, like the nineties, like Mm -hmm. maybe even early nineties. So they've got quite an infrastructure and they're, they're building up, they they're established already. They're building up. And now that things are moving different 
companies are, are working like Constellation Brands, which is another company that I've recently kind of started with. Mm-hmm. Um, they're on the higher end because they produce cores and Modellos, spirits, so vodka and all this kind of stuff, which uh, kind of feels weird to me a little bit investing in, in an alcohol brand. But they were they just um, partnered up with a big deal with the biggest cannabis company, which is Canopy Grow in Canada. And so they're in a very good position to create infused beverages, cannabis beverages with THC okay. and things but like not, that. But not alcohol and cannabis, right? Together? Yeah. Why not? Ooh, that'd I be mean, weird. I mean, I guess you do it anyway. Most people do that I mean, anyway, I right? Wouldn't, I wouldn't be saying I'm recommending it or anything, but like if if that um, company wanted to produce just a straight THC beverage, then they could, they'd could they be in a good position to do that. So you've got one of the biggest cannabis companies and one of the, a very big U.S.-based company and they're going to work together to and then it's more details than that you kind of also want to know like what their debts are right what their earnings and all that stuff and a lot of it i don't even know if i could ever wrap my head around a lot it's just gut feeling and enough research to feel confident in something right. and maybe who's to say that that's really all you can go with uh what do you think is going to happen in the u.s when it comes to to marijuana like that i know you've been on your show uh pro you just said pro medical right um what is it there's a there's a campaign in mississippi um i think it's i think it's just called mississippi marijuana 2020 or there you something go, 2020 like that. i knew it had a number in it um but what do you think what do you think the future is in the u.s for that like nationwide i guess as far as medical or recreational either or yeah i, I mean i just i just think slowly over time it's just gonna be implemented a lot of places are going to do it and then there's going to be a small percentage of places that don't through you know state or local law whatever it is right or they'll be more stringent but i think it's so weird that it's still listed as a scheduled one federally banned substance but then you have states that are allowing it and then the economics behind it where banks aren't supposed to take the money uh i watched a documentary on it at one point where some of these uh i think it's blackwater these security for hire groups that were in afghanistan doing all kind of crazy work over there or getting hired by these companies, this was a few years ago, to pick up the money, mm-hmm. to go literally from store to store in armed cars with you know AR-15s to pick up the drops because they can't deposit their money in, into a bank. So it's to be cash money. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's not like that now in the, in the states that are um, full-blown recreational, but I don't know. It's just kind of a weird thing, that the way that it's happening, right? Whether, that, you know, I guess Obama said what, like it's, what did he call them? Uh, allowing states to i don't remember how he said it in other words like let's let's see democracy um sprout up or something on this issue he had a better way of phrasing it but anyway yeah he was a very crispy yeah, guy yeah yeah he i still can't remember what he said but anyway i don't know i just thought that was interesting i'm sure mississippi will be way at the end um unless it's just done at a federal level you know yeah which it very well may um but even then i still think a lot of states and Don't um, block it. local areas maybe not block it but severely restrict it yeah you know foolishly in my opinion because yeah you're, uh, it makes no sense to me you're just putting profits in the hand of drug cartels and um you know creating sources where just you know the cannabis is just in the mix with all other uh illicit yeah. substances which uh which you could you know argue about the legality of those but you know, taxes towards schools and things like that. I just, you know, I don't think it works. And I don't think there's, you know, of all substances, if you're not going to, um, you know, it didn't work for alcohol and right. all that stuff. 
I just don't understand why people feel the need to kind of infringe on people in such minor ways. I mean, Canada... Or locking somebody up for God knows how many years over like a plant. That mostly, just mi- make s- mostly minorities as well, you know, uh, uh, people in, in impoverished conditions that uh, turn to um, substances like cannabis and just it's just in the environment, it's in the culture. And, um, you know, statistics show that when people don't have as much, they usually turn to something. Right. Um, so, and then with, um, you know, there is a degree of, of racism that probably goes to that as well. Uh, to what to what extent we can't really say, you know, and it doesn't apply to all places, but that certainly, I'm sure, has something to do with the number of minorities, Mexicans and blacks that have been arrested for well, also, cannabis consumption. Also, too, a for-profit uh, incarceration system. Exactly. That feeds right into it. Sure. Uh, that's that's not a good thing either. Yeah. And I wonder who's running those places, you know? Yeah. And just say, well, let's just throw these folks in. I mean, who cares about them? Right. And I, I've heard that the, the lobbies for whether, I guess it's private um, prisons, those companies that own those are one of the huge lobbyists against full-blown, you know, legalization Mm-hmm. of it too so that and so is so, alcohol and tobacco companies yeah. they fund that's what i was thinking about money when, towards uh keeping you know cannabis illegal and that's just how the market goes i mean these are all factors that when you you know if you're playing the stock game or whatever doing investments these are all things that you just have to look about look out and and set your personal beliefs aside and a lot of in a lot of respects and just say well what is the market doing and where yeah. is this going and um, what areas are going to influence change the most? At what at what clip is this, or what pace is this going to go? You just got to look at all that, all those things, and you know, it's kind of like uh, educated gambling, I guess you could say. That's I, I've always thought about. Like when you look at stocks, I mean, it is kind of like gambling mm-hmm. a little bit. I mean, slightly different, but yeah, because it's all based in actual, real. Uh, it's it's based in capitalism, right? And and a market like there's actual real things you're not just being dealt a hand by a dealer or just pulling the 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 machine slot you know mindlessly yeah and that's coming from someone who lives in biloxi mississippi um what do you what do you what would you call yourself politically where would you label yourself Uh, which is weird because i don't hate i hate labels but i mean where do you kind of stand i don't know i don't know I, i tend to to um try to just brush those questions off really yeah because i mean i am not a fan of either party and i think both extremes are an issue i think there's good principles and and ideas on both sides we're just too busy living in our echo chamber of of north america to uh, actually be able to sit down and work with each other and and find out where the middle road is and i don't necessarily believe that the system that's set up or the people that are kind of running those systems necessarily want it to be some middle road. You know, I think it's supposed to just lobby back and forth. It's just, okay, you'll have it for a while, then we'll have it for a while, and we'll just argue at each other back and forth. And it creates a lot of, you know, you have the news, these new giant news outlets that are have agendas. They're either the left side or the right side in most cases, and they have advertisers, and they have guests on that are either, you know, they um, either support their cars or don't, and if they're there to uh, not on their point of view, then they're going to make sure that they have people there to to shut them down and make them look stupid or whatever. And it's all uh, all money-based and, and power-based. So 
you know, I don't necessarily, if, if, if both sides are faulty, then why would I want to join either team, I guess, is the, the thing. I feel like there should be, we need a branch off. There's got to be some new, new idea, some new party or something like that. I don't know which sounds totally, I guess, fringe or whatever. But I just, no, I just all. have never connected with the political systems or the presidents that have come through. Some people I can kind of tell are better um, of character, I would, I feel like, right. and more human. Right. Whereas other sides are like representing corporations. Like to me, the Republican side is just a giant, feel, to me, looks like a giant corporation with these guys, you know, these old white guys who come up there and are just super by the books and bring religion into it. And it's all just marketing and just phony to me. I mean, they're no more puppet than anything, but it's not to say that, you know, on the left side, that the things are even better, the extremes, the the figures that are on that side that are leading the way are any better. I think definitely they're motivated as well for profit and money and all those things. But to me also, there seems to be a, a lot more uh, human aspects uh, displayed on the left in a lot of respects. So, but then also there's like terrible things like virtue signaling and social justice warriors and this, these whole gender issues that are cropping up Yep. that I'm totally like, I'm, I'm, Hey, I'm open to all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I can, I can let you do you. That's not a problem to me. Right. I'm okay. I'm, I'm confident. I'm uh, comfortable with whatever you want to do as long as it's not hurting anybody else or whatever. But I mean, it does get taken to extremes. And then when you have uh, social environments that encourage that uh, thing of, uh, you should be able to do this or whatever, or or capitalism's just totally terrible. Right. I mean, I, I'm not saying that everything should be welfare-based and that, you know, socialist ideas should be flourishing, but I do think we need to take a better look at um, our people in poverty, the environments that we're in, because a lot of folks just can't relate to that. Like, I don't understand how you can't relate to somebody who was enslaved for a very, very long time, a population of people, and then they're stuck in certain concentrated areas for long periods of times and environments where opportunities are not as great as somebody who was born very well off and never had to deal with any kind of heritage, um, at least in the couple hundred years or whatever that led to your existence. Mm -hmm. And then to just say, well, you know, nothing should be taken from me. I don't want to have to pay any more taxes and I don't want government running this. Like when Republicans say they don't want government running, they want less government. I don't know. I'm just like, it seems to me like you guys want a, a lot of control and regulation on things for your own benefit. Both sides want that though. Okay. Yeah. I like I'm, and, and you see me going back and forth here because I don't really have a side per se. Well, I think I, I'm pretty much in line with every single thing you said. Uh, most of it, the, but what it sounds to me kind of like is like you're kind of in the middle, kind of down the center. And I don't know how much you listen to or like follow the the Libertarian Party at all. But yeah. that that's to me, it, to me that's like the most common sense party. Now, granted, the way it's not a very big party, they don't have a very big voice uh, right now. Uh -huh. um, but I agree, like live and let live. Like there's there should be no reason why I get to tell you really what you get to do in your life or it, you know that the government should be inside your home and, and trying to dictate those types of things. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, I think it was last week we hit $22 trillion in debt. 
I think. And it's like, I don't even know what our money system is. Like, yeah. It, I, I, most of that point, stuff, it might as well, it probably is pretend. Yeah, absolutely. It's just pretend money. It's, it's got to like be. Loans to houses and how the big bubble came to pop. Mm-hmm. Just people generating digital money. That's right. For loans. And, that's right. And, and, and at some point, that's going to have to come to a head, I believe. I mean, how can it not? And, and until they're just like, hey, guys, it, it is all fake. Like, we don't, none of this really matters. These are just numbers. And we don't have, like, watch. Now we owe nothing. You know what I mean? I don't know how that works. But um, so that's where it gets back to like the fiscal conservative kind of deal and which is something that the Republican Party try at least they say they do but then you go look at their voting records and that's a lot of them doesn't match up you know mm-hmm. um, so I, I like I said I think that was a good answer to that question I mean and I think most people are that way most people I think I don't know um, yeah I think having exposure it's tough because if you're um, wherever you're born is going to largely dictate a lot of people's opinions and worldviews when it comes to politics right um, you know, it's, I've learned that people, the, the mind is very strong, resilient, mm-hmm. and is capable of a lot of extraordinary things, but it can also be super, sub, um, people can be subjectable, highly mm-hmm. subjectable mm-hmm. to the point where they just develop mm-hmm. a way of thinking and they'll go to the grave with it. You got to critically think. You know, and that's one thing that I guess going to more college than I ever wanted to go to kind of kind of helps you do. You know, you have to analyze data and decide what's you know what are you going to accept and what are you not. Yeah. Um, and I think pretty much, man, if you don't realize that these news networks have a hundred percent biased agenda, um, one for their party of choice, and two to say shit to get ratings. I mean, you're kind of behind the eight ball if you haven't figured that out yet. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, man. It's uh. But again, that's what I would say, kind of down the middle Libertarian Party. Um, and I hope they get a bigger voice um, over time. They, uh, You mentioned earlier, too, joining one team or the other. And I think that's a lot of people's perspective. They don't realize that there are more than one than just two parties out there and that you can vote for more than just two parties out there. But uh, it's weird to me to realize that, you know how they have the, uh, the uh, debates pre-presidential uh, election and you only see the two candidates up there. The Libertarian Party is actually uh, Gary Johnson led a lawsuit against them because it's actually the I forget presidential. There's a name for it, presidential uh, council of debates or something. Won't allow these other parties to be on the debate stage. Won't mm-hmm. allow it. People that are on all 50, the ballot in all fifty states, they're not allowed to go up there and debate. Which to me, that's not very democratic. Mm-hmm. So that was something that was kind of mind blowing for me to 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 realize and hear about. Um, and I think that case is still ongoing in the courts to try to get them access to that so that more people can hear them. Mm-hmm. That's the two parties, though, trying to purposely keep that voice out, yeah. which I don't agree with. Let's debate it. Let's talk about it. You know what I mean? But that's my grandstand. Yeah, I would also think that having uh, sit-downs like this for political figures would be so much better than whatever it is they do now. Well, if you're agenda-driven, like you said, if there's somebody that's money you have to represent – Sometimes you can get caught in logic. Your logic don't play out, and it's mm-hmm. hard to defend those um, points of views, right? You can get mm-hmm. called out real quick, and I think that's a lot of reasons why they don't do it, in my opinion. Yeah. And they know people are going to keep voting for them regardless. So, why, you know what I mean? Certain states are always going to vote Democrat. So why should they go debate anybody, right? So our state's yeah. pretty much Republican-based. Why do they need to debate anybody? Mm-hmm. So there's tactics involved in that as well, too, obviously. Yeah. But uh, are you going to keep it going in San Diego? You're going to keep all your stuff going. You're going to do, do podcasts. You're going to 
continue to play music you're gonna get probably have to get established first i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of logistical stuff going on there once you get there but mm -hmm. what are you thinking um i'm not thinking a lot i'm just uh just doing yeah just doing okay yeah um one step at a time you know make sure i can survive more more than anything to, to kick things off and then to just go from there um not feel rushed by anything you okay. know just try to i was thinking of maybe doing more solo podcasts just talking and doing half hour things I haven't or done whatever that yet that yeah and it's, it's it's a it's a departure from what i usually do but um why not it's it's fun for me and it's it provides um it's kind of like a way of talking back like if anybody was interested down here and seeing how i'm doing and things like that it'd be something right. cool that family or friends could just tap into and check it out and hear and and you know i can let folks know what san diego life is like or whatever else so i haven't uh we haven't done skype yet um but I'm, i've been saying i'm gonna get that set up maybe we can do some skype uh like an interview once you get out there and get yeah, established cool. for a few months and have you back on i think that'd be awesome yeah let everybody know how you're doing definitely um and i was kind of just thinking like narrowed down to podcasting but as far as all the other things go uh, I've got, you know, definitely plans to get out and, and do a bunch of open mics for music, for stand-up. Um, have you done stand-up yet? Mm -hmm. You have? Yeah, okay. a couple times. That's a bucket list thing for me that I've just never, I don't know. I don't know, even know really where to begin on that. Yeah, and that's a thing that uh, is an interesting <laughs> side thing to me because I, I love stand-up, but I don't really seek it out as far as like media goes. Like I don't, I don't watch a lot of stand-up specials or anything like that on Netflix or what have you. Um, I'd rather just be there. Like I wish I could just go the and comedy see comedy clubs. shows. I, know, I wish and we had that too. So to be in an environment where I can do that and then um, maybe start writing and, and just tooling around, figuring out that. I've always wanted to learn to surf. I've uh, been scouting out jujitsu schools, That's yoga right. studios. We talked about that. Uh, yeah. Wh whatever happened with jujitsu? Have you started it yet or checked it out? Oh, no, not yet. <laughs> not no. yet? Um, like I'm I'm going to wait until I get into San Diego. And I was doing like this past year, I was taking guitar lessons. That was kind of filling up uh, a lot of my extracurricular um, money funds and just, uh, you know, after hours activities. But jujitsu just something that keeps coming back to mind and i can't recommend trying it enough it's mm -hmm. uh it's awesome dude it's a great workout you know just for health like you said you're in health and wellness it's definitely that but it's it's so much and i'm not good at it <laughs> i'm still new to it two years in um but it's such a mind thing mm -hmm. which is not what i expected this is not what i expected you know you think of it as a combat sport and and physical and it is don't get me wrong mm -hmm. but it's it's I've heard a lot of people compare it way more to chess than like anything else. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of small micro movements to set up for another movement that to then trap your opponent. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just sightseeing, exploring areas, you know, just trying to have fun. So. Well, dude, I think we did about an hour. It looks like an hour and 10 minutes, man. Yeah. Flew by as Flew always. By. Yeah. Man, I appreciate you coming and stopping by, uh, especially getting it in here before you you made it out. I, I think you put a post the other day that you were like, countdown is on to your leave. And I was like, dude, I got to get him on before he goes. Yeah, I appreciate you that you yeah. did because uh, I definitely wanted to come on the show at some point and actually see uh, what you're working with and very impressed with what you're doing. Um, you know, I pass pass the torch kind of speak yeah you know yeah, i mean yeah, as far as yeah. in this area it's it's guys like you and and robbie d'angelo and yep. 
whoever else, um, you know, I know Jordan Duran was talking a little bit about pulling one together. So yep. it's kind of cool to see folks kind of taking it and, and going and doing their thing with it. Anthony Patalo is doing a pop nutshell. That's if you see like some of the nerd stuff in the background, he does uh, that here as well. And then Kevin Harris um, used to be special K on the radio. He's on the sound with me. He's even d- done, got his offshoot now, uh, the bench warmer podcast where he's covering UFC, anything sports, baseball, football. Lo- he had the local Van Cleve high school powerlifting team in here. So it's just kind of like, all these little creative outlets that we've got kind of sprung out of this thing. So I'm having a great time. It's been yeah, awesome. Yeah. So does Robbie, did he come and does he do your, yep. his thing here yep. sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he does. So that's awesome. So you've got, you guys actually have like a good space, a that local. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That was that's, the goal and it, and it happened and it's been, it's been cool. So yeah, man, we'll keep it going. Y'all are, y'all are doing awesome and I'm definitely going to be listening from afar. Awesome, from, man. From the other coast. From the other coast. Yeah. So now we, now we got a, a node. That's how I view you as a node that's out there on the West Coast that we can uh, talk to and tap into and get information from. So yeah, absolutely. Be a part of the uh, the network here. So yep. Well, thanks again, man. Hey, awesome, appreciate dude. it, Jared. Awesome, bro.